And welcome. Here is the second hour of the Stefan Tubbs Show. Guess what? It is not Stefan Tubbs. It is friend of Stefan Tubbs. It is Matt Don sitting in the catbird seat here. Honored to be in here for my good friend Stefan Tubbs. Make sure you go check out the great article in Westward about Stefan Tubbs, about his next chapters in life, uh, written by... Michael Roberts, really well done piece, and it's a, a really nice bouquet to Stephen Tubbs and his years around here, bringing joy, spreading the good word, and yes, talking about Denver in Decay and fentanyl and so many other of the signature Tubbs issues that are advancing the causes of justice around here, and yeah, I, I host Backbone Radio on Sundays, 4 to 7 p.m., same exact time slot as this one, but on Sunday, where we just sort of kick back and have fun and talk politics, culture, controversy, movies, sports, all the fun stuff, just, you know, in an effort to have a good time on Sunday. I think we own the Sunday slot. Well, I guess we better talk about this, uh, some news coming in from Colorado. You see this on NBC, MSNBC. Voters sue to kick Trump off ballot in Colorado, citing 14th Amendment theory. Okay. I guess we'll talk about this. There is going to be a movement here and there, some states across the United States of America, to try to get Trump off the ballot. No access to the ballot. In our democracy, <laughs> there's some folks that don't want to let you be able to vote for Donald Trump. Now, why would that be, do you suppose? Well, the 538 poll today I just cited, Trump is beating Biden by six points, 44 to 38. Trump is dominating the primary field in the Republican primary by about 50 points. Yeah. They just can't stop Donald Trump. They are afraid of Donald Trump. Nobody polls well on the Democrat side. Richard Barris says he um, he polls Trump versus Biden. Trump tends to win. It's close, though. But Trump absolutely blows out every other name that Barris can put in there. He's at the big data poll. He's one of the most reliable ones out there. You hear Randy Corcoran interview Richard Barris once in a while on this station. But apparently Trump blows out every other Democrat, including Newsom, Buttigieg, and the others. So, of course, you know, they... Uh, they lie about Trump all these years, ever since he came down the escalator, hoax after hoax after hoax after Russia, Russia, this. Bogus impeachment one, bogus impeachment two. Then, you know, it's the arrest, the indictments, and now it's just not working. Nothing they do can seem to work to stop Trump from dominating the GOP primary and being, should we almost say he's the front runner for the 2024 election? The mugshot thing has backfired bigly on the left. Trump made the coolest mugshot you've ever seen, and apparently fundraising has passed 10, 20 million on that mugshot. <laughs> that's 
That's like brilliant, brilliant PR management from Donald Trump on the mugshot. Apparently, there's rappers for Trump have come out and African-American support for Trump approaching 20 percent. And somehow, you know, they do some of these polls after the mugshot, after the arrest, after the indictment. It's just going straight north for Trump and south for everybody else where the American people are just seeing, oh, man, this is such this is so ridiculous. You know, do we do we want to live in a democracy that's actually a banana republic where they make all this stuff up on somebody they are afraid of him, they can't beat him, the deep state is worried, oh no, we can't beat this guy, and he's coming directly after us. It's the MAGA movement, by the way. It's not it's not just Trump, it's the American people who are tired of watching their country erode away and be destroyed with all this nonsense and craziness and Yes, wokeness and the rest of it. It's a movement. And when you think about it, this MAGA movement is unflinching and unshakable and growing. Middle class, working class, all races, colors, creeds, you go down the list. Millions upon millions upon millions of Americans in that MAGA movement against who? against the people behind the curtain, against what I call the ruling class, what I call the deep state, which is really how many people, when you think about it, how many people? Is it in the hundreds? Is it in the thousands, maybe, thousands of people in that ruling class? Probably you'd say it's in the thousands. The people that control the propaganda levers, that control the institutions, that uh, own the politicians, all of them except for maybe, yeah, Donald Trump. And it's really, it's got to be making the thousands of people, the ruling class people, nervous to be going up against millions upon millions of a movement. And they've got to try to find a way to, like, pull all these tricks and stunts. It's always tricks and stunts. It's always something. Oh, now let's get them off the ballot. Yeah. And that will not hold up in the Supreme Court. And so... This is one I say, don't worry about it, but watch them try what Jonathan Hurley calls <laughs> a desperate Hail Mary. I mean, that's the place they're in on the left. The ruling, they're, they're in a desperate Hail Mary. Let's see, Jonathan Hurley calls it the ultimate Hail Mary pass by Trump critics. Jonathan Hurley, professor of law at George Washington University. But just so you get the details, uh, again, CNBC.com, there's any number of articles you can find on this. Voters sue to kick Trump off ballot in Colorado, citing 14th Amendment theory by Kevin Bruninger, CNBC.com, two hours ago. A group of Colorado voters filed a lawsuit Wednesday to kick Donald Trump off the state's ballot in 2024, citing a nascent legal theory that proposes the former president is constitutionally barred from running for office. The complaint hinges on the argument that then-President Trump engaged in an insurrection on January 6, 2021, and is therefore disqualified from holding government office under the 14th Amendment. So they're going to try this in Colorado. And apparently the plaintiffs are six Colorado registered voters, four of whom are Republicans, CNBC helpfully points out. 
They alleged in the new complaint that Trump's actions led to a, quote, violent insurrection at the United States Capitol to stop the lawful transfer of power to his successor. And so you get, you know, you get the idea. This 14th Amendment concept has been bandied about of late in desperation. In desperation. Again, what a last-ditch deal here. I mean, what a Hail Mary pass here. Going nowhere. Going nowhere. But, you know, I mean, they're going to try this stuff. But the thing is, you know, they mugshot him. They arrest him. They indict him. They impeach him twice. They do all this stuff. And it, guess what? It backfires. And this is going to backfire, ladies and gentlemen. But they're going to try to do it and reveal their desperation in the process. That's my opinion on all of this. uh, Yeah, 303-696-1971. I'll go to the phones here just momentarily. Now, Alan Dershowitz, the professor of law at Harvard University. I've read many of his books. Thank very highly of uh, Alan Dershowitz. And uh, he's an independent thinker. You want an independent thinker out there. There's only a handful left in the United States of America of truly independent thinkers who will call it like they see it. And Dershowitz is not a Trump supporter, but he's a Constitution supporter. And Alan Dershowitz has been very clear and spoken in the media and written a great couple of pieces about, no, the 14th Amendment cannot disqualify Trump. And just so we get Dershowitz's argument into the system about the desperate Hail Mary pass of the corrupt political regime in this country. They know they can't beat Trump. They know they can't beat him. So they're going to try to get him off the several states' ballots. Oh, is that weak? Is that not weak? How weak is that? What What do you think? Weak? How weak? Anyway, Alan Dershowitz says this. Several academics are now arguing that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment prohibits Donald Trump from becoming president. They focus on the language that prohibits anyone who, quote, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, end quote, from holding any office. The amendment provides no mechanism for determining whether a candidate falls within this disqualification though it says that, quote, Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. Significantly, says Alan Dershowitz, the text does not authorize Congress or any other body or individual to impose the disqualification in the first place. And now here's where Dershowitz starts making his argument against this cockamamie 14th Amendment Hail Mary effort to bar Trump from the ballot. Trying it in Colorado. Good old blue Colorado. Why are they worried about Colorado anyway, right? It's blue. Blue as far as the eye can see in all directions. But by the way, the poll data I've seen has Trump dominating the Republican primary in Colorado. Total domination like every other state. Anyway, Dershowitz says this. A fair reading of the text and history of the 14th Amendment makes it relatively clear, however, that the disability provision was intended to apply to those who served the Confederacy during the Civil War. 
it wasn't intended as a general provision empowering one party to disqualify the leading candidate of the other party in any future elections. Ding! Good point, Dershowitz. Well done. But he has more. And he says this, does Dershowitz. First, the text. Section 4 of the 14th Amendment provides the following, quote, But neither the United States nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurred in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the United States or any claim for the loss of or emancipation of any slave. End quote. Dershowitz says, It seems clear that this provision was intended to apply to a particular insurrection and rebellion, namely the Civil War, that resulted in the emancipation of enslaved people. There were no slaves to be emancipated in the United States after that war. Another good point by Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz. And I'll do one more of the key points here from Dershowitz, which I just think, you know, it's a slam dunk here. Quote, Moreover, the absence of any mechanism, procedure, or criteria for determining whether a candidate is disqualified demonstrates that the amendment did not lay down a general rule for future elections involving candidates who were not part of the Confederacy. It was fairly evident who participated in the Civil War on the part of the South. No formal mechanism was needed for making that obvious determination. And so, in the absence of any such designation, it would be possible for individual states to disqualify a candidate while others qualify him. It would also be possible for the incumbent president to seek to disqualify his rival or for a partisan Congress to do so. Okay, so... Dershowitz uh, comes down very clearly that this is a non-starter, this 14th Amendment business. And you're going to see all kinds of media, wall-to-wall-to-wall-to-wall, echo chamber propaganda on this. But just remember, when you start looking into the details, it's not going to pass the smell test. And if somehow it gets kicked up to the Supreme Court, they're going to knock this one down. Very quickly, they won't have to deliberate on it, okay? And uh, uh, they're trying to somehow bring up this 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, as their effort, which applies, if you read it, to specific instance in the post-Civil War, right after the Civil War era. And uh, if you were trying to interpret it the way these individuals do, then, I mean... (laughs) The presidents would just disqualify whoever's running against them. I mean, from here on, you know, hey, you, know, you 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 can't run it. And then if you have a somehow an overloaded House or Senate, you know, and you get two thirds of one party, they, they can just stop you know any opponent from running. Period. And part of the propaganda play is going to be like you see in this CNBC article that I've been quoting. Um, say, well, uh, there was six plaintiffs, six Colorado voters have done this lawsuit. And, hey, four of them are Republicans. Mm. And you're even going to get some of the Federalist Society mentioned in the propaganda. It's supposed to be a conservative legal outfit, but no, 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 no. That was the old days. Now it's now it's another institution co-opted by the Uniparty. Okay. And, by the way, uh, it's not partisan politics anymore. It's America first versus America last. The Republican Party, the Democratic Party, they're two wings of the same uniparty bird, in my view. And basically, 
the high-profile Republicans you see, like the Mitch McConnells and the Kevin McCarthy's and all that, they would much rather have Joe Biden in there than Donald Trump, okay? They don't have the ability to say that publicly, but all of their actions lead us to that conclusion, ladies and gentlemen. McCarthy not impeaching Biden over all the Ukraine business and the bribery and the rest of it and China and Russia that is all there on record, the Hunter Biden laptop and elsewhere. Why can't he impeach? Well, they want to leave Trump hanging out to dry. McConnell's in the same boat. So, uh, hmm, if you start actually really looking into Ukraine, do you think maybe some Republicans would be uh, found to have their... uh, there are snouts in the troughs there as well. Do you think, ah, uh, maybe that's the reason why they don't seem to be able to move the ball there. And uh, sh- can I take, can I go to the phones or do I need to step out here? Uh, maybe I can start something here. What if I start something? Yeah, let's say hello to Peter. Peter in Denver and glad you're here, sir. Hey, Matt, good to hear Backbone Radio on a Wednesday afternoon Yeah, a heck of today. a deal. Yeah, kind of fun. Two things. You may have answered one of my questions, but did you ever notice uh, your caller, uh, Brian from Arvada? Is it? Yeah, Brian called last hour. He sounds yes. he sounds just like Adam Carolla. If you know who that is. <laughs> yeah, I've watched some Adam Carolla podcasts. He's he's a good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brian does sound like him. But anyway, I was uh, just couch surfing, and I saw on one of the uh, local newses that about the story about the. Uh, Colorado keeping Trump off the ballot. Now, first of all, who are these six voters? Yeah, uh, there's a few names on in this uh, many article, but uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're just just six voters. I'm sure their names will come out, and I'm sure they've been uh, you know signed up for the part of the the propaganda effort here. This is going to be kind of the next yeah. wave. You know, you can't just have a primary. You know, you can't just let Trump run for. You got to try to keep him off yeah. the ballot. You know, you know the usual yeah. deal. It's always got to be some question. gimmick and some stunt and some scheme. Yeah. And this is their latest one. Well, my question was going to be, and you answered it already. You know, doesn't the Supreme Court have anything to say about any of this? And evidently, they do. Well, correct. I would think it could get kicked up there, but what will happen? You see, it's going to take some months for that to all play out. And so right. the media will get to bang this gong for several months. Oh, and, you, know, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like they bang the Russia gong for about four or five years. <laughs> they always right. need, some, they need right. to have some stunt they can, some propaganda trick they can have to, you know, to bombard the masses with, uh, with their uh, disinformation, right? So they, yeah. they'll, they'll have it think, with this. Um, these uh, blue states that want to do this, I mean, I wouldn't put him past him to try and defy the Supreme Court ruling on that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't surprise me at all. And maybe, uh, well, I guess, are we at that point in this country where we might be. the people who are in power, bitterly clinging to power, are to that point where they will <laughs> just tear so. the whole place apart before they will allow a political opponent to win an election? Are we there? I think we're we're pretty close if we're not there already. You got to wonder. Got to. You got to wonder. I mean, they've been camping out on uh, Supreme Court uh, justices' front lawns. You know, what they did to Brett Kavanaugh, that was... Yeah, you needed a rifleman. They had a rifleman over there. You know, almost, was that an insurrection kind of thing, you know? (laughs) Intimidating Supreme Court justice like that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That don't count. 
Yeah, and, apparently uh, not. Yeah. Just yeah, depends anyway. on which side you're on, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, good hearing you on Wednesday, and uh, we'll listen to you on Sunday, man. Oh, you, take you, care. you bet, Peter. And, uh, hey, stay close. Love hearing your New Jersey voice check in when you are That's able. It. All the best Hoboken, to you. in New Jersey. All right, take care. <laughs> right on, sir. Okay, and we went a tad long. Great chat with Peter. You're invited to check in. You have any thoughts on this one? Matt Dunn in for Stefan Tubbs. Be right back. Keep it going, Mr. Nichols. Guess who this is? Can you tell? Many of you can. This is brand new. Came out today, right? That would be the Rolling Stones' brand new tune. Or is it the Strolling Bones? Or is it the Rolling Stones? Yeah, Angry. The name of this one. And, hey, I kind of like it. You like it? Jim likes it. Host Matt Dunn likes it. They still got it. What are these guys? They're all over 80 now, right? They're well over 80. Keith Richards might actually be 200 years old, two, 300. He might be our oldest living human on planet Earth. No, looks like it, but maybe not technically chronologically, but he's packed so much into his 80-some years. He's done more, done it better than anybody else. Uh, no, not endorsing that guy's lifestyle, but... Somehow they're still going, sounding good anyway. Hey, thanks for finding that one. We're just, it's so close to Labor Day again, we're just kind of kicking back and having a little fun. But yeah, we're talking a little bit of legal theory because Colorado, yeah, comes up with a stunt. they got to have the stunt. They're so afraid of Donald Trump, yes, the deep state, the ruling class, the corrupt uniparty that's running this country into the ground. They can't have their political opponent uh, being allowed to run for election, being having access to and our democracy. I say democracy, right? But, uh, hmm, they don't want you to be able to vote for somebody? Yeah. Alan Dershowitz's summary on this, and just so you get the clear point of Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law School professor, who just completely objects to this 14th Amendment, Hail Mary pass the left is throwing out there. He just says, remember this, the Constitution articulated limited qualifications for presidential eligibility. Beyond those neutral criteria, the decision should be made by voters who are free to consider the participation of a candidate in activities which with, they, with, with which they disagree. Unless an amendment was clearly intended to further limit these qualifications, the voters are the ones to decide who is to be their president. The vague language of the 14th Amendment falls far short of what should be required for so radical a departure from our electoral process. But golly, the people that talk about our democracy all the time sure don't seem to want to let the voters make the choices. They sure seem skeptical of the voters. 
They want to limit the choices of voters in our democracy. And I just I do wonder on the left, how do you how do you do you feel good about that? I mean, do you do you feel like when you mouth the word democracy that then maybe then somehow get some desire to limit our democracy to choose and select and filter who makes it and who has access to the ballot? Um, That that should be the kind of thing that. uh, I think an older America would not have allowed that. Had a text to studio just now who checked in asking, uh, let's see, Matt. Hi, Matt. If, if they keep Trump off the Colorado ballot, since we have a write-in ballot option, what would happen if he won as a write-in candidate? And that is a good question, and I don't know. This is not going to be going anywhere. I see this as what Jonathan Hurley, professor of law at George Washington, calls a Hail Mary pass, the ultimate Hail Mary pass from the left. I don't see it going anywhere, and if it ends up anywhere near the Supreme Court, of course, they will they will kick this one down very, very quickly. So do not despair. Don't, don't like, fall into some trap here and don't say, oh, gosh. But you see, people say, oh, it's such a headache with having Trump around, right? But that's because... The ruling class, the people that are screwing up the country are afraid of him. You have to understand this. That's the reason why they try to make it such a hassle to have Trump around is because they're scared of him and they want to destroy the country. (laughs) Mark Levin's new book, The Democratic Party Hates America. Haven't read it yet. But there is such a phenomenon called the Trump or bust voter. Text to ask him, hey, what if people write in Trump? Well, guess what? There are a large percentage of the Republican Party voting base that are Trump or bust. They will only vote for Trump. No one else. Not DeSantis, not Nikki, not anyone else. And if Trump is not on the ballot, they won't vote at all. Or they will write in the name Donald Trump. Now, this is a reality that needs to be understood And I say this, I step back and I go into a complete neutral zone here. If you want to survey the Republican Party primary, you have to understand that there is no race. There is no real competitive race right now. It is just a game right now of gimmicks to try to find a way for the uniparty Republican rhino class to try to find some way to gimmick Trump out of the nomination when he's leading by 45, 50 points plus. Some states, I think... Is it uh, Louisiana? He's got he's he's got seventy five percent. He's he's so far up in that state. It's almost absurd. So it's not a real race. It's not a real primary. But uh, you know, watch for the gimmicks and stuff like this is what you're going to expect. But say they do succeed in their gimmicks, which they're not. Um, and then some other Republican is the one on the ballot heading into November twenty four. I mean, the Republican Party will lose in the most epic landslide in the history of American elections because you're going to have a huge swath of voters just not even vote at all or write in Trump, if that makes sense. That's, I mean, that that is a fact. So it it cannot be anyone else other than Trump as the Republican torchbearer in 2024 if we want a chance to win. Does that, does that clear logic make sense? Let's hear what 
this pollster Richard Barris says, the big data poll guy who's been one of the most accurate pollsters for the last many, many cycles. And he's very upfront about coming out and speaking about his calls and his data, his interpretation of the data. It's very good. But let's hear Barris talk about this right now, the Trump or bust voter. We have been measuring this Trump or bust vote. And we actually started asking people if they would write in their candidate if they weren't the nomination. It's all Trump, Steve. I mean, you're always going to get statistics works this way. You're always going to get a point or two says I would write in this person. But it's not statistically significant. With Trump, routinely, no matter what state, no matter nationally, routinely, almost 30% of Trump's voters say they will write his name on the ballot if he is not the nominee. And another 5% say they won't vote. What does that mean? It means Trump is ahead of Biden in Florida by almost 10 points. And DeSantis is basically tied because you're removing those people from, uh, you know, he, any Republican needs that base. And people would say, have been but, saying over the last day or so, but, Richie, oh, go but, ahead, go ahead. But hang on, hang on. You got a bombshell Steve there. Steve Bannon here. Up I got over tons of them. Biden by yeah. 10 in Florida. But, but, but your, Barry, your buried lead, and this is what you keep telling the establishment, you got Trump. If Trump's not up there, you're, you know, a third of these people, a minimum, are going to still vote for him. A Republican nominee that is not Trump will lose 40 states. Just not these guys are just not going to show up. It it just the practical reality that the populist nationalist movement has a champion. And if the Republicans somehow, that's why even if it's Yunkin, there is no consolidation play. This is what's so frustrating about the elites and the donors of the Republican Party. And yeah, the elites, they're going to keep trying with their gimmicks, with their fear. But the data that Richard Barris comes up with is that 30% of Republican voters will write in Trump's name if he is not on the ballot. They will vote for nobody else. That's just a fact. That's just reality. That's just where we are right now. Sometimes I wonder if it might actually be higher than 30%. But that's the data that Barris comes up with, okay? And he adds another 5% that won't vote at all. Of Republican voters that won't vote at all if Trump's name is not on the ballot. So you add 30% plus 5%, and that's 35%. So do the Republican Party elites want to head into the 2024 election minus minimum 35% of their Republican voters. Do they care about the Republican Party itself, its viability, its ability to survive, its ability to be a national party? And I would submit to you they don't, which is why they're doing all this stuff. They would rather have a Joe Biden than a Donald Trump. And you have to understand that about the elites, as Steve Bannon just called them. Okay, now, can I do one more, Barris, or is it break time? Uh, what do you think? Uh, okay, Barris has a follow-up to this set of points, and you, again, trying to get Trump off the ballot. It'll, it'll, it'll backfire again on them, but they're going to do it anyway, because what else do they have, right? But here's Rich Barris of the Big Data Poll outfit. Steve, I, you know, I'm going to start printing out transcripts of the interviews with voters. You have to hear these people. They're not going to be blackmailed. 
Like, so they are smart. They see, they already see what's coming. You have to vote for our person. We removed him from the ballot, but you have to vote for our person or he'll spend the rest of his years in jail. They're not going to be blackmailed like this. This is not going to work. These people are serious. When you see this, maybe one poll, Steve, you know, it would be statistical noise. This is everywhere everywhere. I believe them. And if the Republican Party doesn't believe them too, they will cease to exist as a national political force. And by the way, for Republicans in New Hampshire and elsewhere, where you think you're going to get away with something like removing him from the ballot, you remove him from the ballot and the American voter is going to remove you from being one of two uh, you know, primary parties in the United States. They will disintegrate as a national force. It's over. So, and Barris understands this, but I would advise Barris to go to that next step and that the globalist corporatists that run the RNC, the RNC is a corporation, okay? They are looking out for their, the survival of themselves as individuals for their own interests, the oligarch types, the globalism, the open border, the trade deals that benefit China. They're not looking out for the viability of the Republican Party, and they have no respect for the middle and working classes of this country. They would gladly cashier the Republican Party if they can take down Trump with it, <laughs> and they'd rather have Biden in there because personally it is advantageous to them. I submit that. That is a hard one for some people to reckon with and to realize, but I submit if you just add it all up, add it all up, what other conclusion can you come to? And that's the reality we are in. It's going to get uh, pretty wild heading into November 2024. And that's one of the categories that I think we need to have factored in. It's Matt Dunn. I'm in for Stefan Tubbs. Let's take a little break and 303-696-1971. Matt Dunn in for Stefan Tubbs on this September 6, 2023 installment. We've been covering a desperate Hail Mary pass uh, you're going to be seeing uh, some other states. And Colorado is one of the first out of the gate. Uh, voters sue to kick Trump off ballot in Colorado, citing 14th Amendment theory, which we just rebutted that fringe, almost lunatic, yeah, Hail Mary pass 14th Amendment theory. And I do thank Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law professor, uh, nails that one, brings it home nicely. Okay, but that's, uh, that's where we are. Apparently also, right around now, the Tucker Carlson interview with uh, Larry Sinclair is going live now. It's not live. You can click on that link anytime. You don't want to wander off, you know, from here. But that's going to be kind of heavy, kind of heavy talking about some of the history of Barack Obama's sort of romantic life. Um, and Tucker Carlson is going there, going there. So that could be a little jolt to the dialogue, to the national discourse. At any rate, let's say hello uh, to Lynn up in Evergreen. Lynn, thanks for hanging on a minute and glad oh, you could Dr. check Matt. in. Oh, yes. Dr. Matt, thank you for being there. I mean, you are always spot on. Bye golly, on. golly, it's it's good that you called in. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And all the way around, Matt, you know, you, there are so many tentacles in politics. It's it's like it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming sometimes. But 
But I will tell you this. There are no good candidates this election. None on both sides. None. Well, what about, uh, I don't know, what, do you think Donald Trump would be considered a good candidate? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. But you know what? They tied him up. They tied his hands, you know, uh, for his, you know, uh, nomination. Yeah, mugshots and they, mug all shots, the stunts. Everything. They're trying to defeat our republic. They're trying to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I hate it. It's not going to work. Absolutely, I absolutely hate it when say when people use the term democratic, democratic candidate. No, there are Democrats and there's Republicans. I hate it when they say democratic. We are democratic. We are a democratic republic. Uh, I, I hate I hate it when people use that term. You know, democratic. Well, we are democratic. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but the the other term they like to use is our democracy, our democracy. And they say Trump is a threat to our democracy. But you will notice it is the people who use that phrase that are trying to keep Trump off access to ballots and trying to arrest him and indict him and all the rest of it to prevent you from being able to vote for a certain individual in, quote, our democracy. And so that is not a democracy if the handful of political elites get to decide who you can and cannot vote for, who you have a chance to vote for or do not. And I was just saying that Alan Dershowitz says that, no, um, the Constitution has it such that it is the voters who who should be deciding who they vote for, up or down. The voters. As a democracy, but it's not democratic. You know, uh, when, when people call candidates democratic, well, we're all democratic. We are all democratic. But there's a difference between Democrat, Republican, and conservative. And boom. Yeah, there you go, Lynn, up there in Evergreen. And do you, have you narrowed it down to who you might like in the Republican primary at present? You got a few to choose oh, from. man, I don't know. It, it's all in the rhetoric, you know. Yeah. I mean... Uh, they they say the right words, but are they going to prove out to be, you know, after they're elected, are they going to prove out to be what they said they were going to be? Right. Can you think of anybody that has a track record already exhibited thoroughly? That Donald um, Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump. Boom. Boom. Donald yeah. Trump. And maybe right now, right now, uh, Nikki Haley. So far. Are you so open far. to Nikki? That's a that's a good question. I'm open to Nikki, but so far we'll see what will be revealed. Because I, I don't know. I'm a little sketchy on her, too. Well, yeah. Do, do, can you think of anything about Nikki that uh, you find particularly appealing or any issue stance or I don't know. Just She wh- speaks the rhetoric, but boy, mm-hmm. it's proven in the pudding. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and we won't know until she's elected. Until she's elected or, you know, I mean, a woman president, you know, I don't know if our country is ready for that right now. I don't know that. But Well, I would all, think we are. I would think we are. I just in my opinion, I don't think it would be Nikki. Um she's sitting at uh, 5% in the uh in the 538 poll. I'm just pulling out right now. When only Trump five? Trump's at sixty one, okay. she's only only five. Yeah. Oh man. The poll date on her is three, four, five percent. But 
I think you're, you know, I think a lot of the big donor types in the Republican orbit are giving up on DeSantis and they don't think Scott has a chance. Um, they're trying to get Youngkin they're, they're in, but, 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 but they're, they're, I think. They're like the, the, the weak backbone, the weak well, link. <laughs> but I think some of them are maybe trying to think Nikki Haley might be the one. And maybe I'll cover that in the next hour. There's a little a little boomlet for Nikki Haley I'm seeing out there and and Lynn you might you might be open to this but um I might describe it. Thank you Lynn.